3: The Lombardi Line presented by Bet MGM Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard here at the Soundfoot Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas. Pritchard, it's great to see you again, my friend. And, you know, before the show, and I shouldn't have asked you, <laughs> but I did ask you right before we came on. I said, did you watch Hard Knocks last night? And I know you're going to watch tonight.
4: I'm going to watch it today. Yeah.
3: You know, I was taking, I don't know why. I've been watching it for what? However long it's been on. So it's been a while, yeah. we get inside, mm-hmm. you know, we get to see what you guys as players, right, right. what you know, right? So it's a, it's a glimpse into your world. Mm-hmm. And so you're watching Dan Campbell. And I wonder if it actually makes an impact on the betting public when they watch this stuff. Cause like the assistant coaches, like Deuce Daly and Antoine Randall L and All Mark X Bunnell, he's got ex players right. everywhere. And these Aaron, these guys are they're going after mm-hmm. each I mean, Deuce is going after Aaron, St- uh, Aaron Glenn. And, I mean, they're going back and forth like they're still playing. So, I don't know if it's any different. From what you saw either in the ATL or right, in Denver right. or if it's just because it's Hollywood that gets inside that locker room if the perception is different from reality. Well,
4: I will say this. <laughs> uh, as a member of the Atlanta Falcons in 1991, Atlanta Falcons, and we were voted in the history of the National Football League, the funnest team ever. You guys were the funnest we were team. Vo- we were voted. It's, it's on tape. We were voted the funnest team ever. If Hard Knocks would have been around in 1991, oh. my goodness, we would have kicked off HBO. <laughs> we would have been kicked off HBO. <laughs> That, I don't think that's possible, but we would have been kicked oh, off HBO. Oh, Deion and Ryzen. And, I mean, my goodness. <laughs> Just the, the stories that I cannot elaborate on right now. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. It, it's Jerry Glanville as head coach, too. I mean, think about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Think about that. And, you know, everybody back then was clamoring for the spotlight. We We had – Prime time. We had Andre Risen, which was Showtime. Mm. We had Glanville, right, and he's race cars. He was leaving tickets for Elvis. Yeah, we had all these personal- personalities, and, you know, he was leaving tickets, and, and, you know, we had to all wear black. And, I mean, I loved it. It, Brett Favre, country. Uh, can you imagine hard knocks on back then? That would have been must-see TV until they kicked us off.
3: Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I, it does still get me as a you know media member slash mm-hmm. fan of the league since I was born, essentially. Yeah. And so, like, for guys that could never get to the level that you got to, to experience <laughs> it firsthand, I'm sure some people think, oh, it's just kind of <laughs> rah, rah, Hollywood." Then right. other guys go, I'll run through a wall for that I guy. will
4: say this. As a better, I am keeping an eye on the Lions big time this year because I thought Campbell did a great job of capturing uh, that young team yeah. and getting to buy in to get those guys to play the way that they did to the level that they did. Uh, And then on top of that, you think about all the egos you have with former players, but Mm -hmm. they all work together, though. Except Anthony Lynn, obviously, he's not there anymore. I mean, he replaced him as an offensive coordinator, too. But for all those guys with egos as players and now as coaches, think about that. Larry Bird wasn't a great head coach, right? Magic Johnson was a great head coach and all this. But uh, Larry Bird for a little while. But um, it's just the ego of a player – it just can't allow you to be a teacher. Uh, and yet Dan Campbell with that energy and all those former players are, they're good teachers too. So I I'm buying into that. I'm looking into the Detroit lions from a betting standpoint.
3: It would not that we'd ever want you to not to do this show here on Beeson. but if Dan Campbell called you, Mike Pritchard and said, Hey, I need you to come here and coach up some of these running backs receivers mm-hmm. and kind of be that hybrid role that you did in the NFL to become a first round pick. What type of coach would you be, bro? Oh like, man, would you be as like all over these guys, or would you be a little bit step back and kind of let them do it, correct the mistakes? Because there's many different ways that you can try to get the best out of a player.
4: I've been approached to be a coach many times, many many times, and um, I've never been asked the question that you just asked though. Hmm. Like, how would I coach? Because right. I you never think about that. Because first of all, I got to get my mind uh, wrapped around the concept of coaching, uh, and then okay, what type of coach would I be? That's a great question, Dave Ross. Like. I think I would be more inclined to be a teacher, Yeah, you know? Um, uh, But then how demanding would I be? And then, okay, would my ego get in the way? And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. How can you not get off the line of scrimmage (laughs) against that guy, right? I mean, will that come out in me? I mean, so the competitiveness, and that's the point. Like, as a player, you have this competitiveness that you don't know how to dial down. Like coaches, they know how to do that. They can be ultra competitive, but yet I got to communicate a certain way with that guy, right? I can't be too hard on him, or I got to amp it up, ramp it up, and be harder on that guy. So uh, that's the that's the talent level, I think, coaches that separate the good ones from just the average coaches out there.
3: And I think it goes to show, right, because you know this, at playing at the highest levels, that coaching does matter. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you're going to get it for those that are, that are watching this, and I know it, there will be – I think some knee jerks to watching hard knocks and how they're going to wager on the Lions as the season goes on. But really it does matter. Coaching does matter at this level. You can have the talent. You want the talent first, of course. But if you can't get the
4: most out of that talent, then it's talent wasted. Well, what I would look for as a better is not the X's and O's out of hard knocks, more of the energy, Mm. uh, more of the communication. Are these guys really on the edge of their seat with Dan Campbell? That kind of thing. Right. Because that's what's going to carry over into the season. When things get tough, like, am I still going to capture this audience, right, Mm -hmm. as a head coach? And and I think that can be revealing in hard knocks right now.
3: I'll just tell you this: uh, He he, Dan Campbell quoted Metallica in uh, episode one. Freight train coming says, "There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. It's a freight train coming." So you got to be ready for it. Okay. Like, don't get you know, all this nostalgia. Just be ready right? to roll. Okay. Because we need to hit it, hit it, and, and hit it hard. I wouldn't want to race that train. Uh, so, by the way, we're gonna have Steve Mackin join us uh, later on this hour, and Steve's gonna break down uh, some of his betting guys and guides and tools to betting the preseason. Because we have Week One starting. Uh, I can't believe it, tomorrow night. Really, in earnest mm-hmm. here with the whole league. Uh, going uh, back in the playing field this week. And then Lou Fiticaro is going to join us in hour number two. Uh, a really sneaky, good card this week in the UFC with one of the greatest fan weights of all time, Don Cruz, back in action this week. Had the good fortune of doing uh, First Strike, First Look available now, wherever you get your podcast with Lou and myself yesterday. We'll get his thoughts today as we get closer to the weekend. But we mentioned hard knocks. I do want to mention one other thing, and it's something else you and I talked about before the show. Uh, Wes and I uh, were talking about this yesterday in Lombardi Line at the top of the show. The news was coming out that it looked like Cam Smith, who just won the British Open, the last major champion winner, was going to leave for Live Golf. Mm -hmm. We are now getting reports that it's $100 million guaranteed for Cameron Smith to leave and play Live Golf. Now, we mentioned yesterday the President's Cup numbers were out there. We'll find out if he's eligible to play in the President's Cup. But it gets back to one principle. When you get that guaranteed money... As a broadcaster, if you said, hey, you're going to get $100 million, well, it doesn't really change my job. I still have to come and do a show. But when you work, as you did, in a business where basically winning gets you more, a meritocracy, if you will, mm-hmm. if, the, if the money is guaranteed as a professional athlete, and they said, Mike Pritchard, we're going to give you $100 million. If you get to the playoffs, great. If you don't, that's fine, too. Is this a good place for golf to be in? The money is – I don't know how you say no to it if you're Cameron Smith, and I know a lot of people are going to bash him on social media. Why would you do this? Guaranteed money where performance really doesn't matter, that's got to be a different way to be a professional athlete.
4: Yeah, it is different. I mean, it's a professional athlete, it's a performance-based business, and you know that. Uh, now, coming into the league, I got drafted 13th overall, and my mm. sign bonus was a $1 million. Mm. Everybody knows. I mean, it's, off, it's on record, right? I can say it. But um, – <laughs> You know, and I had not played it down in the league, right? And and so... Did you think you were a made man then? No, no, right. because I, I was, I'm a competitor. And, you know, people look at you sideways too, your teammates, soon-to-be teammates, they look at you sideways, you're making more money than they made, right? And mm-hmm. they've been in the league for four or five years. And, okay, now prove yourself, establish yourself. And I think the peer pressure of that uh, and the competitiveness drives you. Um, You know, I, I think Tiger Woods has made more money off the right. course, right? as an endorser because of his competitiveness, and certainly he was attractive that way as an endorser. But, uh, you know, you can't equate what he makes on the field to what he attracted for golf and what he brought to golf, right? What's the what's the figure on that, right? Mm. So I, I think from a standpoint of these guys going to live for the money, why do you work, right? I mean, if, if you're Cam Smith, and, and, okay, you're not driven by chasing Jack Nicholas or Tiger Woods and the records that they assembled, and you're, you're playing golf because you like the game and you want to make a living at it, there's guaranteed money, $100 million. How, how do you turn that down, right? That's, but I see what you're saying about the competitiveness. What's going to drive Liv, right? right. I, I think what Liv ultimately has to do is get to where there's an incentive for these players to play at a high level, though.
3: Yeah, and the weird thing for, for me, like, again, you can wager on Liv Golf when those events come out next year. And it was really hard... As if you want to handicap golf, and again Brady and, and Wes Reynolds and Matt Eumanns, they do an unbelievable job in the network of doing that mm-hmm. each and every week. But I gotta think that's just almost impossible. If really money is already there, the incentive to win is not as much. Sure, you, you know pride. You want to beat your, your your buddy out there and tour, right. Whatever tour that is. But that really has to be a different feel. Like, it, it does feel more like an exhibition. I heard Bryson DeChambeau say it a couple weeks ago. He goes, well, if we're just, you know, if, if there's nothing at the end of the rainbow, mm-hmm. then we're basically, it is just an exhibition. And I think that's what Live Golf has the, the danger of falling into. Is that if now, because the, the report came out yesterday? For those that are not in the weeds on golf, there was a a, uh, a a judge who ruled that these three players that wanted to be eligible for the FedEx Cup, which begins tomorrow, by the way, which Cameron Smith, eighteen to one to win this week at East Lake, uh, at the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Why, one? I don't know if he's going to be able to right. play now with this news coming out today, and two, what would be the incentive? Like you've you've just got a hundred million dollars. So
4: the incentive would be to try to be the best, to try to win. I mean, let's not just forget that we compete to win. Right. Right. It's, It's like college football right now. Uh, you got guys that are comparison. driving around in McLaurin's and Lamborghini's <laughs> right now, Dave. Uh, so what's the incentive for these college athletes to win a national championship? I, I think that's real. It's becoming more real in, certain, in terms of how I'm looking at college football and, and certainly want to bet college football. So you year. do
3: think the NIL is, is changing the way the player who now has something at college mm-hmm. might not be as motivated to be that first round pick. Because he's already got money in, in the bank and in the wallet.
4: Well, no, no, there's motivation to be a first round pick for okay. sure. But in terms of winning a national championship um, or, or just trying to compete to win, right? Or are you competing to try to get that next job in, in the National Football League? And, and certainly you see the money thrown at you right now from an NIL standpoint what is that going to look like when I get to the National Football League? As if,
3: as if it wasn't hard enough to handicap sports. Now yeah. you've got to factor these things in right? for, for NIL and college football and certainly in the golf world. Times, they are a-changing. Come on back. We'll talk more NFL on the Lombardi Line here on Decent, the Sports Betting Network.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge.
3: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. I Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? Well, the betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see all the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Back alongside Mike Pritchard, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. And, Pritchett, it was a great conversation in the in the first block. And we want to kind of parlay that now into the Browns, mm-hmm. okay, because we don't know Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, has not said whether or not that Deshaun Watson is going to play in preseason game number one against the Jags. Right now the Jags, I believe, are about a point-and-a-half favorite, 35-and-a-half here on the total for Friday. Now we know, as we just mentioned with Liv Golf and Cameron Smith, when you get guaranteed money, it's got to change the way you as the athlete look at your job at hand. Deshaun Watson has a suspension looming. We know Roger Goodell. He has now challenged the judges ruling, which was going to be six games for Deshaun. So we don't know really what's going to happen here with Deshaun. He still feels like he's in football purgatory. But now if you're Deshaun and you have guaranteed, your contract is fully guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Do you even want to play in preseason? I know you didn't play all last year, right? So it's been a minute since you've been on the field. You want to get it over with and have the fans jeer you if they're going to jeer you and get it over with in the preseason. But, again, not knowing when you're going to come back in the regular season.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the incentive for uh, Deshaun Watson is a little bit different. I mean, I I think that's a player who uh, has stepped away from football and now has football taken away from him, Mm. right? And I think as a competitor, the will to win still will be there for Deshaun Watson. Ask me that question, though, two, three years from now Mm. (laughs) when he's in Cleveland and they're not winning Super Bowls. Um, but right now, it's too, it's too much in the forefront of Deshaun Watson to like, okay, I want to get on the field and let people know what I can do and show people that I'm one of the better quarterbacks uh, in the National Football League. So the will to win or the will to compete, I think, will be there in the beginning, even though he has that guaranteed contract.
3: It is, it is a fascinating story. I mean, many different levels, depending on how you look at it. And mm-hmm. obviously, the NFL is in a different place here with legalities, right. I think, than even back in, say, 90, in the early 90s. How would you deal with this as a teammate? Because this has got to be a weird situation. It's not just one of the Mm -hmm. 53. It's the alpha of the 53. The quarterback has to be in this day and age in the NFL. How would you deal with that internally? Well,
4: it's hard. I mean, here's a guy who's new to your team. It's not like, you know, you guys have developed together or been a Cleveland Brown for a number of years or anything like that relationship. Uh, This is all new. It's all fluid. And I think as a as a young player on that team, you have your eyes wide open. You have to look to the coach. You have to look to the right decisions of the leaders here. Uh, but who is the leader? Mm. Seriously, who, who is the alpha? Who's the leader on this football team? I, I think that's significant if you're betting the Browns this year. Is Jacoby Brissett and his 14-23 and 23 as a starter record in his career, is that something as a player I'm looking up to? On the roster, can it, be, I'm not. can
3: it be Miles Garrett on the defensive side? Even though he had a suspension for the Mason sure. Rudolph incident, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of things in there. You go, well, who's going to lead if Deshaun can't lead? Right.
4: Well, look at the roster. Um, Baker couldn't lead it. No, you know, they got rid of Landry. They've gotten rid of Odell Beckham Jr. They've gotten rid of a lot of pieces that were in Cleveland that made them successful in the playoffs a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Now it's completely different. The makeup of the team—they're stripped of an alpha. Yeah. They're stripped of any type of leadership. Stefanski—I mean, uh, he's a deer in headlights right now. To be <laughs> honest with you. Right. Like, how do you handle? You got players that want to be traded. You know, Kareem Hunt, right? And wow. you got all this stuff on your plate, and, and you don't have a quarterback yet, right? And, and so that's just too much to get behind as a better right now. Uh, and I'll give them a ton of credit uh, if the Cleveland Browns can can come out the gate and not stumble out the blocks.
3: And do you, By the way, do you even look at the preseason? I mean, I look at it and I go, well, this it's a tough way to handicap, obviously. You do have to look at the quarterback yeah. room. We don't know if Deshaun's going to play, right? Uh, this is, again, uh, this is week one here of the preseason. This will be Friday night. And so you expect to see Brissette, and then there's the chosen one, Josh Rosen, still trying to to make a roster spot all these years later. Uh, You know, the Jags have a a Mm first-year head coach, right, Right. In Doug Peterson. I'm sure they want to get off on the good foot. Trevor Lawrence, you look at that that quarterback group. C.J. Beathard's had a lot of NFL experience as well. Do you handicap it that way where it's just the quarterback room for you? Or is it more, I got to know who's going to play and who's not?
4: Yeah, handicapping for getting ready for the season or this game in particular? Preseason. Okay, preseason. I mean, handicapping preseason is a challenge. Yeah. And I can't wait to talk to Steve uh, Mackinac here mm-hmm. uh, pretty soon. But, you know, this is a situation in which as a player, I, I know what's going to happen. I mean, they're going to try to establish comfort for Jacoby Brissett uh, with the calls coming into the to the. To his helmet, whatever, during game situations, right. or the comfort of formations, the comfort of seeing a defense, the comfort of all the calls happening on the field from different players. Because they got to get him ready, yeah. theoretically yeah. Right. thinking that Deshaun,
3: at least we know six games, and it could be more if sure. the NFL has their way.
4: On top of that, too, and I don't know how many people have talked about this, but they're working in a new center. Oh, boy. So think about that. You have a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett, and you're working in a new center. Now, I get the offensive line from a run-blocking standpoint. They're pretty good, right? Because right. you got the running backs and the running game that they have. But it's different when you're live and you're at the line of scrimmage and, okay, the defense doesn't look like what's on the card that you practice against. <laughs> now what? So I think that's got to be established with Jacoby Brissett. M- more so than the execution, I think they can work through the execution part of it. It's the comfort of calling the plays, having that command in the huddle. And leading those guys and getting those guys to believe him. So therefore, if you're Stefanski, you got to give him a, a number of plays to help him be successful in this preseason game.
3: I mean, it's, it feels like yesterday Stefanski was coach of the year. Baker Mayfield leading that charge in mm-hmm. Kansas City in a very close game. And boy, Baker's long gone. Now you've got Deshaun Watson. And who knows how long the length of the suspension will actually be again with the NFL challenging the ruling of a federal judge, which is bizarre in and of itself. Uh Seattle's going to take on Pittsburgh and I look at the quarterback rooms here and I go, well, we all thought Mitchell Trubisky was going to be the guy right. in Pittsburgh and Mike Tom was like, ah, not so fast. We have a real competition here. We know that Pete Carroll said that uh, Geno Smith will start mm-hmm. in this preseason game, yet the Steelers are still three point favorites here on a game that's going to take place on Saturday. So when you look at the quarterback room here for the Steelers, maybe that's why they're a three-point favorite. We okay. got Trubisky, Mason Rudolph. Obviously knows the system very well. Kenny Pickett as the first-round pick coming in, and then you look at Seattle and you go, "Is are they really going to go with Geno Smith and Drew Locke and Jacob Eason? Like, is that the quarter? Is it set in Seattle?"
4: Yeah, I mean it's competition Wednesday again up there, all over again for Pete Carroll. Uh, these guys are going to have to play uh, and establish themselves. Uh, Drew Locke, Geno Smith, and uh, Easton. All of these guys are going to have to establish themselves right now. I mean, if you're a better right now, and, and some information that I would look at, Geno Smith played at West Virginia. That's not too far from Pittsburgh. Right. right. From college standpoint, okay. where he played college. He has not been a starting quarterback in the National Football League for almost 10 years. <laughs> a full-time starter. So there's incentive for Geno Smith to look the part and be ready for it and not just be entitled. And that's the problem with Seattle right now. Drew Locke's entitled. You know, he's been given everything, and he Mm. hasn't earned anything. And now he's going to have to earn it. We'll see how he responds. But Geno Smith, going back to an area which he's he's familiar, you know, right around that Pittsburgh, on the road there, and played at West Virginia. So he's going to have some friendly faces around, right? Um, But I I think there's an incentive for Geno Smith to play well. Again, going back almost 10 years since he was a full-time starter in the National Football League.
3: I look at it and I go, I think we get – we media fans, typecast guys as, well, this is what he is. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith is now a backup quarterback, right? The proverbial, well, we'd like him to, if, you know, your star goes down, like we saw last year with right. Russell Wilson when he was still in Seattle, he can come in and kind of man the ship. He can hold it down, but he's not a guy that's going to lead the charge for the rest of the way. But we've seen guys like say, I'm going to go back here, Rich Gannon, oh, yeah. who was off the scrap heap of the mm-hmm. NFL and became league MVP. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to be Geno Smith this yeah, year. It helps
4: play you, with Jerry Rice and Tim Brown. It mean. does, that does <laughs> help get you to a Super Bowl yeah. with
3: Rich Cannon. But can you resurrect your career I and, mean, be, and be something that people think you can't be anymore?
4: How I would be looking at it, Dave, is that how many more opportunities am I going to get yeah. to be a starter, a full-time starter? This is my chance. This Huge. is probably my last chance, and I don't want to mess it up. Uh, and I'm going to be on the road against Pittsburgh, and and certainly it's going to be familiar, like I said, played at West Virginia so. Uh, it's it's I think it's his job to be honest with you. Now, Drew Locke, could he outperform him? If I'm Geno Smith, put it this way, with my player hat on, if I'm Geno Smith, that's not happening. Uh, so as I a better, I can't let Drew Lock right, take right. my job. But how many plays is Geno going to get too? Right, and so as a better, what's the angle here? Do you do? You, are you looking at the game scenario here? I think I think it's going to be competitive. For all these guys, because Drew Locke wants the same type of plays that Geno Smith is going to receive.
3: So why aren't people hopping on Seattle plus the three against Pittsburgh know. in this That's preseason? Good question. Right? Like I will is, say, is, like, is that because, like, well, we know who
4: Geno Smith right. is. I, I will say there's some confidence in some uh, some comments from Claypool that reinforces the disconnect of an older quarterback in Big Ben and a younger quarterback room that they have right now. Okay. Canada too, as a college coach, I mean, a lot of these younger players are energized right now with Big Ben not in that in the room or in that huddle.
3: And I, I'll get our buddy, Bryant McFadden, who's joined the program many times, BMAC texted me this morning, and I'll just say this. He said, George Pickens is a real one. Okay. So the Steelers yeah. feel like they got one. Yeah. They got a steal there. We'll see if he's on display in preseason game number one. Let's talk more preseason, how to handicap it with our guy Steve Mackinnon when he comes back here. Steve does a great job. Points spread weekly here. So we'll figure out if there are some numbers that Steve has identified here for a little advantage in week one of the preseason. Come on back. at the Lombardi on Avisa in the Sports Betty Network. Yeah. Football guide is out now, and the NFL guide is coming in just a couple weeks. So, start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles on every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over under recommendations. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VSIN All Access subscriber. Sign up early for a discounted $175. You're going to receive the college and football betting guides along with full VSIN access all the way. Way through the Super Bowl, or you can join us for $40 a month to see everything Veson has to offer up to your betting game. Go to theeson.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Back alongside Mike Pritchard, I'm Dave Ross. We continue the Lombardi line, and Pritch going to bring in Steve in here. He does a great job on Point Spread Weekly here as our editor, and we we're looking at some of the trends of how to break down the preseason. And the first one that really caught my eye, and I get Steve's thoughts on it, it's just that. Hey, Steve, it's great to see you again, my friend. Um, hey, guys, except, great to be with you. It really, there is no home field advantage. And before, Steve, we get your expert analysis of it, Pritch, what is that like playing kind of in an empty stadium versus week one of the NFL?
4: I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you think about how you like to perform at training camp, Steve and Dave, uh, and you got fans on the hill or, you know, lined up behind a rope, but, but you're, you're still performing in front of somebody. And so that kind of energizes you a little bit more. A preseason game is hard to get yourself mentally there like you would in a regular season game. I I think for a rookie or a guy who's trying to make uh, a name for himself in the league early on in his career, they'll find some motivation and excitement from the crowd. You'll see it on on the field. You'll see it on on the uh, telecast here. Uh, but no, the energy is not the same as it will be in a regular season.
3: And Steve, you do a great job, certainly during the regular season, of pointing this out that really home field advantage has been slipping because it used to be what three points. You just kind of chalked that up that that's the way it's going to be for home field. But really, Steve, in preseason, there's virtually no advantage to home field.
5: Well, I don't. I wouldn't say that across the board. There are some teams that do tend to maybe get up for their their fans when they're playing at home in the preseason. Green Bay is one of them. I think they're on like a nine and one or eight and two spread run uh, at home. But for the most part, uh, yeah, home field advantage means very little. You go back 10 years or so in the preseason and road teams are about a 53.9% spread bet. And uh, their home teams are typically favored by two. They're only winning by 0.7. So, I mean, the the official home field advantage is 0.7 points. That's (laughs) not, not a heck of a lot.
4: Yeah, Steve, you can always uh, lean on you to give us mm-hmm. the right information because I, I've been looking for this in terms of preseasons uh, and totals, right? Uh, for instance, the Hall of Fame game, I think a lot of people had the thought or the opinion that it was going to be a sloppy game, very vanilla. But, you know, you saw that number go down from a total standpoint, down to, what, 30 and a half, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but it goes over, 27 to 11. So, so there you go with um, uh, 38 points, right? Uh, And you got this magic number of 37. Now, I bet the over on game day. And only reason why I bet the over is because I got a piece of information that Josh McDaniels and the Raiders were working on the red zone as a point of emphasis the entire training camp so far. That was one of their early periods. So uh, Josh McDaniels going back to the Hall of Fame game, all that emotion that was going to be there because that's his high school stadium, it, it just felt like the over was the play. But that was the only information that I received to be able to play that over.
5: Well, I tell you what, Mike. I was on the uh, same side of that total as you because, and mine was for the reason that that thing dumped so bad yeah. throughout the week. I thought uh, this was even beyond the low range of the the Hall of Fame game historically. Something doesn't seem right here. So I, I went the same way. I went over, but uh, typically that thirty-seven number is the number you want to look for. And this is typically in the weeks not. Let's let's throw out the Hall of Fame game for a second, but the rest of the weeks, thirty-seven. Typically, if you get that total of 37 or more, those those games tend to go under. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically, uh, last 10 years, it's 57.1. Uh, I'd take 57.1 betting anything, anytime. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you're going, if you look at the totals under 37, those go over at a 57.6 rate. So that's why I called this in my number or my article today. 37 is the magic number for betting totals historically in the preseason
3: I absolutely love that's a a really good way to look at those numbers and uh, uh, to be on the sharp side here at least percentage wise you'll take that almost 58% clip you know, speaking of the Hall of Fame game here, gentlemen, and the Raiders get that big win. So normally, Steve, I look at it and I go, okay, now they're going to be favored uh, at home here in Las Vegas against Minnesota. They're going to lay three and a half. That's going to be too much. You kind of do the, you know, okay, if they win big here in their week one, maybe you fade them in week two. But you've got some numbers that say be, be caution. Uh, take some caution here if you want to fade the big winner in their first preseason game. So maybe it is good to back the Raiders again coming off that big
5: win. Yeah, they tend to provide momentum these big wins in the uh, in the preseason. So I, I wouldn't discount it at all. The other thing you got going in that game, you mentioned three and a half points. So this is another historical way to look at this. Recently, uh, in the preseason, you get numbers over seven. Avoid that team, avoid that favorite in those games because it's just too much. These teams don't care enough to do that. Uh, they, I think, only one of the last eight teams that has been favored by more than seven is covered. Now you get to that range, we get to three and a half to seven. Now think about this from a foundational aspect. Why would the odds makers uh, install a favorite of more than three in the preseason? Maybe they got some uh, information that one team's going to be a little more interested in playing that particular game. So the three and a half to uh, seven point favorites have done very well. 56% over the last decade or so. Hmm.
4: Yeah, very interesting.
5: where you get to the underdog rage, where you want to back these underdogs is when you get the the real high numbers and then the ones under under three or three or under. Because if you think about that, hey, they're they're just guessing on the line. Basically, they don't know which team cares more, but <laughs> they don't have any of the if you want to call it the in, inside information that uh, teams are uh, maybe have a certain strategy for that game yet. So why not take the underdog? Why not take the points?
4: You know, on that note, too, Steve, I mean, it's fascinating from a spread standpoint, uh, and, and certainly odds makers, too. I mean, look, information's all over the place, and uh, a number of people have talked about that. Uh, but in the preseason, I wonder if it's more prudent, too, to kind of because I, I I don't play money line uh, in the National Football League at all. I'm looking at spreads mostly. And uh, is it more prudent to maybe look at money line situations based on what the odds makers are putting out there?
5: Certainly for those small underdogs, I would. Uh, How many games are you going to get that are going to squeeze within that point or two? I mean, uh, realistically... Yeah, why not take the take the little bit of extra money you'll get from hitting a, a money line underdog winner, uh, especially when you got those low numbers,
3: And gentlemen. We do see here, and Steve, your your numbers pointed out that basically something to look for this week before you get to week two of the NFL preseason. Teams that get blown out, double digit losses. All right, mm-hmm. then they go home, say for their week two. Right, Steve. That's not necessarily a good play for the team that got blown out the week before, because I believe your numbers say. It's only about a thirty-eight percent clip that they're going to cover the number of the next week since twenty thirteen. Is that right?
5: <laughs> yeah. And so, if think about it foundationally. What we already talked about how there's little home field advantage. What kind of motivation are they going to get? Sure, they got blown out last week. What's what's the motivation they're going to get to play a whole lot better at home when there's <laughs> not much home field advantage? So, um, it, it's it, you know you get them on the road. They're they're a lot better if they got blown out last week because uh, you think there's maybe the odds makers are going against them the next week, but we, well, yeah, when they're at home, uh, don't look for any improvement.
4: Yeah. What you point out too, and points very weekly. And I encourage everybody to become a subscriber because mm-hmm. this is outstanding. I'm not going to let the count back here, <laughs> but it is extraordinary when you have these, some of these trends for these head to head matchups. I think uh, people would be interested in uh, as we get into the preseason, but also Steve, on that mo- note, uh, the rule changes. I mean, the point of emphasis and all that, do you, do you factor that in, in any way to, to what's happening as we move forward in, in the league this year?
5: Well, I mean, I think you, you need to take that. That's just one aspect of the handicap. And so uh, I'm presenting data here and I, and of course I'm not just going to go and bet data at anybody. I'm going to look at the other things that affected before I actually wager something like, like I told you, I, I wagered uh, the hall of fame game based upon a line dump when I thought it just didn't make sense to me. So yeah, you, you got to take some of this extra information. You got to take, you got to read the news wires. You got to see uh, Jacksonville today announced that uh, their starters are playing. They're, they're going to le- get at least a couple series. The line bumped up a little bit. Right now it's three. If it gets to that three and a half range, which it very, very well might, and, and historically they're a play. So you, you got to be, you got to be kind of looking for all of it.
3: You're right. The information about which quarterbacks, that's why we always show you in the quarterback room three right now against the Browns uh, up to three and a half in some places. Information is king. Very quickly, Steve, your, your numbers are remarkable. We talk about it each and every week, but how do you factor in hard knocks? How, how does the data <laughs> factor in the hard knocks bump that the lines might get this year?
5: Well, I'm going to tell you historically, Detroit has not been a good preseason team to play. So uh, maybe, maybe, Maybe the home or this hard knocks thing is going to give them a little more motivation to maybe perform in front of the TV audience as well. But um, I'm going to hold off, see what they do this first week. If they, uh, if their extra motivation, their effort level looks a little better. Hey, maybe they're worth it for the last couple of weeks. That's it. You're, yeah. we're,
3: we're trying to find motivation right. in the preseason. Maybe we'll get it uh, that way. Manufactured from hard knocks. Steve, really appreciate it, man. Can't believe it. We're getting so close to college and pro football. Thanks for the time. The information is always.
5: Yeah, it's almost football season, boys. That's uh, for sure. Thanks for having me. Buckle
3: right. up, America. We're getting <laughs> close. Uh, Steve with his great numbers. As always, we break down more news and notes in the NFL. Come on back. It's the
1: party Line here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you?
3: Loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Placed a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB baseball game. And if all the legs of that parlay hit but one you're going to get your stake back in free bets up to $25. So log into your account, download the app, and sign up with BetMGM. Take advantage of this offer all season long. Just opt in to the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Then place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any baseball game. And if you miss only one leg of the wager, you're going to receive up to $25 back in free bets. MLB trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada, New York, or Washington, D.C. Back alongside Mike Pritchard, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombarding Line. And Pritch, we were talking about uh, during the break there Like in hard knocks, and Mm -hmm. I I told you that Dan Campbell basically did (laughs) up-downs with his players, right? For those that don't know what an up-down is, can you explain to the people what that entails? Yeah, running
4: in place, and then they say uh, down, you hit the ground, and then you get back up as quickly quickly as you can, uh, and then you do that repeatedly, right? Over and over. Over and over and over. You just want it to stop, but it never does. It seems like it never ends. Uh, Which which is worse, though, an up-down or a blurfie?
3: Oh man, burpees are. We did some of those in the Marine Corps, right? And uh, those were hell. Yeah, I I don't. I don't know. I never did an up down like you guys would have to Mm -hmm. do. In the NFL, the Marine Corps, we do is side straddle hops and some other, you know, mountain yeah. climbers, some other variations
4: of what you guys do. Yeah, we call well, them blurpees. You call them burpees. Yeah, we call them burpees. But, but we didn't do the.
3: <laughs> I didn't do those with pads on. Right. <laughs> I mean, in pads, that's got to be just hilarious. Yeah, you workout. throw in
4: extra letters on a burpee. You might call it a blurpee. That's why, because you hate those things. But um, no, it's it's it, it's it's taxing, right? It's it's like an MMA training. We're talking about this too. Like you do some MMA training and. Uh, You know, you might throw some strikes, some knee lifts, some kicks, and then all of a sudden your trainer wants to grapple and you're you're dead tired. I mean, how do you do that? So, no, it's been a while since I've trained. Like right now, working out is working out, right? But these guys are training to compete at a high level, and that's completely different.
3: Well, let's talk about that because, again, let's go back to, say, your rookie year Mm -hmm. when you come into the NFL and you want to move up that depth chart. Right, So, again, for those that are watching Hard Knocks, you get a glimpse into what the coaches right. are telling, especially the young players, more so than the veterans, right? You want to move up that ladder. But Dan Campbell in, in Hard Knocks, he was like, stop looking at the board. Don't think about the numbers. 53, where do I fit in? Where am I? The rung of the ladder. H- how do you do that? How do you compete don't over overanalyze and mm-hmm. keep it simple, stupid, and go day one, this is the task at hand today.
4: Well, it's different everywhere. And I think as a better, you know, this is something to focus in on because the Detroit Lions, you're trying to establish a lot. Like you mentioned the roster, you know, and, and you got a lot of guys that are, are jockeying for position. And it's going to be very, very competitive. And now you throw in the spotlight of hard knocks. And, and so you want to show out, right? Because you know the cameras are on you. You do. You do. One of, one of the biggest motivators, if not the most important motivator for an athlete, is fear mm. fear of failure fear of not making a team fear of competition or, or not living up to expectations fear of not being the best you know that's what drives the elite guys right and and so the fear is the ultimate motivator and, and I think it could be revealing uh if you can sense it too like are you afraid of that moment are you going to be able to live up to expectations and make a play or, or be a difference maker right and so um, a hard knocks can reveal that I believe. And, and I think for young players or the makeup of a young team, uh, that's something that you want to establish too, right? I mean, if you're a veteran team, if you're the 49ers, you just want to manage the preseason Don't get and hurt. get to the regular season, right? right? Or if you're the Rams or somebody like that, but if you're the Detroit lions or, or Jacksonville, you do want to play your starters because you want to see what they're going to do and execute once that light is shining on them,
3: I find it fascinating. Again, and certainly from the betting standpoint here, when you look at the future numbers, as we mentioned with the Lions here, again, a six and a half is their win total, uh, juiced evenly, and minus a dollar ten. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell said to his players, "You're never going to be more healthy than you are right now, day one. Right? Like, forget it. Like, don't, don't even think that I can stay at this peak level of health. It's, it's it, that's fool's gold." So how do you manage your body? Like do you day one for you Mm -hmm. coming in, you win a national championship of Colorado. Now your first round pick coming into the ATL, as you said, voted the most fun team of all time. Right. And here comes first round pick Mike Pritchard into that locker room. Did you feel like at that day one, man, I really am in peak national championship condition. And I'm going to show these guys what I'm made of.
4: Well, you you do mentally, certainly, but physically uh, coach Campbell's right. I mean, it's about managing your body and, uh, that's the information as a former player and now head coach and all all these other players he has on his on his staff can help out because, you know, how many veterans are on this roster to where you can lean on that? Mm. Like Aiden Hutchinson, who can he go to in terms of how do I manage my body for 17 regular season games? What do I need to do? What maintenance program do I need to go on here to help me do that? And there's not a lot of guys on that roster that can give him that info. Now the coaches can't know, Right. Right. Aaron Glenn, I mean, all these guys who played in the league for a while, they can say, okay, this is what you do after the first quarter of the season. This is what you do if if your body's not feeling right, or this is what you do to stay on the field, right? And uh, so the maintenance part of being a professional football player is vital. Mm. Uh, and that was something I was able to, you know, look at some of the veterans on my team when I got there. Well, okay, how is Dion staying in tip-top shape? You know, how is Andre Ryzen being able to play every game? How is – Michael Haynes, who doesn't even stretch, how can he run a 4-2, right? Uh, And so you look at the weight room regimen. You look at uh, the lifestyle, too. I mean, you look at all this stuff, and you just take in all that information and and certainly apply it to, to your career as well.
3: Let's take that analogy here for you, certainly as a wide receiver, and look at the Eagles, because Mm -hmm. now it looks like all of a sudden, as they get ready for their first preseason game against the Jets, right now the Jets uh, point and a half favorite at the Eagles on Friday, 35 and a half is the total there. It looks like Jalen Rieger is having one of his best camps. Right. Now you just mentioned something to me. You just said it's fear, right? That fear that all of a sudden I might not have a roster spot. This is a former first-round pick. Mm For the Eagles. And now you go get A.J. Brown. You draft Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman Trophy right. at Alabama. Quez Watkins is in there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, that wide receiving room, Pritch, uh-oh, it's gotten a little bit um, a little deeper. Little right? <laughs> little
4: so crowded. is that
3: why Jalen all of a sudden is finding his form that made him a first-round pick?
4: Yeah, the fear of missing out. I mean, you can you contribute fear to anything as a professional athlete, really. Uh, Dave, I mean, the fear of not making the money that these receivers are making right now. Mm. that That is real for a lot of guys. And uh, if you're Rager, I mean, you had a chance because you're a first-round draft choice. You you have a better opportunity to get to that level of pay than a lot of guys do, but you're blowing it, right? And, and so the Eagles are also suggesting to you that you're blowing it because they're surrounding you with all these top players. And uh, I, I think that Eagles offense has a chance to be highly creative, was Shane Steichen as offense coordinator, along with Hertz and what he presents, had 10 rushing touchdowns last year. Unbelievable. Right? He didn't even finish the entire season. Uh, so the creativity uh, is going to lead to more opportunities as a receiver. And, and I think uh, Rieger's starting to get that message. Because the wide receiver room now
3: for Philadelphia, and look, you know me, I, I'm a Cowboy fan, but when I look, you know, objectively from mm-hmm. a vetting standpoint, I can understand why the money's moved towards the Eagles. Yeah, as right like the Cowboys before that AJ Brown trade, mm-hmm. before the Eagles had what everybody says on paper is a good draft. Right, the Cowboys were minus minus a dollar twenty-five before the draft. Now you get them in some shops plus a dollar thirty About to that. repeat at the NFC. So that's a huge swing in the numbers, and I think it is because the offense, as good of a running offense as it was last year, it does feel like there. If Jalen Hurts is going to take the next right. step in his Maturation as a passer, now he's got actual weapons to get him down down the field.
4: Yeah, because what you have to factor in, Dave, is how you have quarterbacks that are dropback quarterbacks like Tom Brady. He can kill you from the pocket. You know, there's several quarterbacks. Those are all the elite guys. But the majority of quarterbacks aren't those type of quarterbacks. Mm. They're they're Jalen Hurts and they're athletic. And so you have to incorporate run pass option and play action. Because as a quarterback, play action, you know where you're going with the ball. There's no progression. Like I know where I'm going with the ball. It's a high-low situation. There's a crossing route or whatever, right? Uh, but there's no progression from a pocket passing standpoint, breaking down and manipulating a defense. You're not doing that. Uh, so it allows these guys to make the game easier for them to perform. Uh, and then if they, don't, if they don't like anything out there, if it's not comfortable, they'll tuck and run it, right? They make a play that way too. So uh, I, I'm high on the Eagles or I'm high on situations in which the coordinators are embracing uh, that type of situation with the quarterbacks.
3: Very quickly, we we mentioned it yesterday when Wes and I were doing the program that Mikay Beckton looks like he's going to be lost for the season starting left tackle mm-hmm. for the Jets. And I know maybe he wasn't setting the world on fire uh, since coming into the league, but it looked like he was progressing. Speaking of developments, Zach Wilson's second year, your left tackle is gone. Yeah. This is kind of a chic pick in the, the New York area to go over their posted win total of five and a half. Well, that's got to be a big blow first day of camp.
4: It's a big blow, but I will say they have insurance because Elijah Vera Tucker, he is a guy that can kick out to left tackle. So that's what you got to do. I think they're going to have to do that. He is that good, though.
3: So does that change your equation very quickly in the Jets and the outlook?
4: I want to see how Vera Tucker plays at tackle in the National Football League, though.
3: Well, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of that in the preseason for the Jets
4: uh, after losing Makai Becton
3: yesterday. When we come back, we'll talk about the Cardinals a little bit and um, maybe if Rondell Moore. Could be a one of those hybrid wide receiver running back situational guys too. Come on back. It is Visa and the sports betting network.